Hello everyone, I am Mariah Parsons, I'm your host. If you are new to Learn to Listen, welcome, and if you are a regular listener, thank you. Learn to Listen is a mental health and wellness podcast designed to encourage vulnerability in storytelling and to empower through empathy. If you like the show, please, please, please go subscribe on your favorite listening platform. I also have built out our social media. Um, So we are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, the whole, you know, every channel, omni-channel experience, wherever you like to find your content best, it's there for you. But first, I have a little preview of what is in store for this specific episode. For people who are like, oh, content creation, it's like one video. It's like, no, so much goes on behind the scenes that you wouldn't know unless you've done it before. Yeah, especially I feel like if you struggle with issues with like perfectionism and just like hyper fixating on things, like I definitely struggle with that. And like, I, whenever I, like, there's no stopping point with the like editing. It's like writing a paper. Like you can always do stuff to it. So I have to like, sometimes hit a point where I'm like, you need, it's good. It's good enough. Just <laughs> upload it. Like stop adding more to this. Um, I just like, or just like taking pictures you could always like with creative work, be like doing more. So it's like finding, like there's a stopping point and you have to like definitely hold yourself there. Okay, everyone, so I am so thrilled. That clip is from this week's episode with Brooke Sabi, and Brooke is phenomenal. I am so excited that we got the chance to take some time, recap over before we met each other. We met each other through college, so I am so, so, so grateful and honestly in debt to our university for connecting us, but I'm so glad that you will all meet her, hopefully go check her out. She is such a star in so many ways. I'm such a champion of hers and I really couldn't wait to share, you know, just about her story growing up, starting her YouTube channel, unfortunately being bullied for it when she was younger because she started at 12 and we all know middle schoolers are brutal sometimes. And luckily, I'm so happy she's found success in it. She's now made it her career. So she is a YouTuber and a content creator. In this episode, you'll learn all about the strategy, the monumental pivots and the reflections that Brooke shares through YouTubing. I'll share and relate to some of it through podcasting. Way different worlds, obviously. Brooke has been in the industry for a way longer time. So honestly, I see her as a mentor and a role model for me, which is so fun. But we also get out of the content creation side, the social, the internet, and we talk about like what it's like to go back home during the pandemic and also living back at home, just kind of how you get like pulled back into that old life. She also shares shares, like such cute stories about how um, her parents finally let her start her YouTube channel and gives kind of like the inside scoop to her life. So I hope you enjoy. I know I did. And with that, let's get started. So welcome to Learn to Listen. This week we are joined by Book Sabi. I am so excited that you are here with us today. It's been a little while coming. I was just telling Brooke before we started recording that I've been wanting to have her on the podcast for a while. So I'm so happy that we finally got it scheduled out. I know you're super busy, but I first thought we could start off with having you walk us through like your background, kind of like your um, intro, um, where you're from, you know, where you studied, all that good stuff. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to like talk to you. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, my name is Brooke Savey. Um, I grew up in Seattle, Washington. That's where I'm currently back at. Um, but I, my job like as a full-time content creator slash YouTuber is what I do now. Um, and, but like heavier on the YouTube side. <laughs> um, but yeah, I started doing that when I was probably like 12, which is crazy to say, considering I'm Insane. 23 now. <laughs> Um, but it wasn't like what it is now. I started when I was 12, um, making like movie trailers and little school projects. And I realized I really liked editing. That was like what kind of got me into it. And then I discovered, I discovered like video editing first. And then I discovered the YouTube platform around like 13. And (laughs) it was a battle with my parents to try to let me be on YouTube because they were like, no, the internet's scary. It's creepy. Like we don't want our child on it. And so I had to really show them like why I wanted to be on it and everything. I wanted like a platform, like share just the funny little videos I was making. A lot of them were me forcing my younger brother to just film with me um so cute oh my gosh (laughs) yeah there was like no plan or like thought process I was just kind of like doing something fun when I was little um and I didn't really have any long-term plan for it and then um it continued to grow a little bit because I got kind of more like strategic with what I was putting out there instead of just like filming my brother and my pets (laughs) and then I went to high school I went to high school in Seattle um an all-girls Catholic high school And I kind of grew apart from it because I started to really get into my academics um, and I really started to like enjoy school. Um, And so I kind of like I would do it here and there, um, but unfortunately, like kind of dealt with a lot of like negativity towards it. People thought it was odd. Content creating was not what it is now. Like people thought it was so weird that I talked to a camera. And so, you know, I kind of prioritized like making friends over that. It wasn't a job. It was just a hobby. So I kind of grew apart from it. Um, and then because I was taking my academics seriously, I ended up going to the University of Notre Dame. I was really blessed and grateful to get in there. My dad's actually an alumni. So that's what kind of pushed me. People always ask, like, why did you go there after yeah. like living in Seattle? Because it's so far away. But um, yeah, I have like family ties to it. And then um, best four years of my life, met Mariah there. <laughs> um, yeah, I really miss it. But it was great. I ended up being a film major. So it makes sense. Like I'm still interested in doing I never thought it was be YouTube, but I thought I was going to do something with video editing. So I wanted to go down that route. And then I also had a minor in cybersecurity. So um, something I was interested in, but was very different. So I had kind of different options for career paths. Um, And then during the pandemic, I ended up obviously being kind of bored. (laughs) Um, And I kind of like started focusing on my YouTube the year prior in 2019 um, during that summer. I had like a family issue going on and I had to go back home when I was planning on going to LA for the summer. And so I kind of really just took the time to like be by myself um, and focus on my YouTube channel because it was making me happy. It wasn't a job yet. Um, And I had a video talking about a stalker issue, like kind of blow up and it kind of kickstarted my channel. So I kind of made the decision to take it seriously after that. Um, You know, content creation was kind of becoming more like serious for people and I could see like the potential in it. So I was kind of given this opportunity and I decided to take it more seriously. Um, And then, so I went into the pandemic with like pretty good, like chunk of like followers and like a pretty good like foundation. So 
just really kind of put school on the back burner for a little <laughs> bit. I finished fine, but like it was pandemic school. So like nobody would yeah. do anything. Yeah. Um, and so I really sat in my room for three months and uh, I ended up hitting like the big milestone marker of like 100,000 followers on it uh, or subscribers. And then um, obviously I didn't want to like drop out of school. I was going into our <laughs> senior year. Like that's not, I had one year. Yeah. So I knew I was going to finish school, but probably end up doing this full-time um, after I graduated so that's what I did I finished out the degree obviously didn't want to say goodbye to my friends also so I wanted one more year with them yeah um, and then I had to make the decision of where exactly I wanted to go after college um, and I didn't feel that I was like ready to move to like LA or anywhere else so I decided to return home um, and just kind of continue doing what I was doing during the pandemic um, and then, which is nice, saving money right now, being at home and everything. Um, and that's what I'm doing now. And it's been great and really fortunate to be in this position and happy with it. Yeah, I love that. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. That was such like a concise background like timeline. <laughs> I feel like great. I've told this story so many times. And I'm like, I got this one. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. You can you can tell. Yeah, you share your story a lot. And I absolutely love it. And that's why I'm so excited to have you on. Um and so, okay, I want to dive into literally all of that. So I'm going to try my best to walk us through like all the questions that were popping into my head as you were um, talking. But first, what's it like being back home? Because like Seattle, I mean, I've never been, but I'm from very small town in New Jersey. And so if I go back home, like I feel like I get very much like sucked back into life before college. Sometimes I forget that I went. Is it like, is it the same of being in Seattle or no? Because it's like a bigger city. It definitely is like what the situation you described is I, like Seattle is a large city, but I always say it's big, but like everybody knows everybody. Like, mm-hmm. my, like even in high school, like I went to, there's so many public private high schools and stuff. I don't know how everybody knew each other, but everybody knew each other. So I do kind of have that like small town feeling a little bit, um, even though it is like a major city. Um, and then it was really tough when I got home because obviously nobody had really moved. I moved back immediately after we graduated. So even people that were moving here for a job, um, like my boyfriend, he, he wasn't even here yet. So I was just kind of at home. I was very alone. Um, I had my brother with me, which was nice, but I definitely came back and I was sitting in my room my childhood room and I was doing YouTube and I felt like I was like 14. I felt like I was back in high school again. I was like, why did I go to college for four years to just go back to being 17 Mm -hmm. again? But like, I'm very grateful. I got the degree and everything. I probably will end up using it down the road, but I just, I had to really kind of like struggle with that for a second of being like, you're not 17 anymore, but like, it really felt like it. Um, and the problem of like running into people I grew up with when I would go out and I was just like, what is going on? (laughs) And um, yeah, it was kind of difficult when I moved back and everything. And I think I like to talk on this, like in one of my last videos, but like I was dealing with the stalking situation at the time. Um, So I was like going through like legal court case. And I also was like moved back in my child bedroom and like had none of my college friends. And I just kind of hit like a a really low point because I couldn't really like process that all at once. Um, but I'm a lot better now. I mean, it's been like a while since we graduated, but it really hit me hard when I first got home. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. I can imagine, I feel like that same, like just so much change hit me at in the pandemic 
too. Yeah. Like it was so weird. Cause we, you went home during the pandemic, right? Like yeah, back to Seattle. Okay. Yeah. So I know some people like went to, um, like other locations, but back home. And I was like, this is, it was just so, um, so different from like the picture that I imagined. Cause it was like, you have this expectation that you're going to be at school obviously for the rest of semester. And then that got thrown back. And that, I think that feeling of, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm back home. I'm back with my high school friends, which I loved because it was obviously added time with them, but it was so weird being back. Cause I'm like, I feel like I'm not done yet at college. Like I'm not, I'm not, I haven't grown to like the full amount, you know, like you yeah. expect four years to be able to grow. So it's yeah. very interesting. And I think eventually I'll move back home, um, at least to the East coast, but being like still in the Midwest, being from the East coast, it's a weird phenomenon. So I can, I can very much relate to you in that, like hitting that point when you got back home, you were like, okay, graduation, like that was still a fever dream. I sometimes wake up and I feel like we're still in school. Um, oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, every day I took a daily struggle of being like, you are, don't go to Notre Dame anymore. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just think it's also, cause we haven't, my entire life, I've we go, we started going to school preschool. So my entire, like, I don't know, my entire consciousness has been like, yeah. from the moment I have my first memory, I've been like in school. So I, it just was so weird doing, being back in my room and not doing school. At least during the pandemic, I was still doing online school. So I still had like a little bit of a grasp to like something normal. But when we graduated and I didn't have school and I was doing YouTube and I was being in my childhood room, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> like, this is too much Yeah, <laughs> simulation. Like I'm just repeating it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. That, that's a great point. Um, that you made that like, you still have kind of like that rock of school, like tying you down, um, or tying you into schoolwork. Um, it's a great point. Okay. So then also another question I had was you started YouTube at 12, right? 12 or 13. Okay. Yeah. I imagine like your parents, I'm so glad that you brought them up. Like you had to like battle them to get on. Cause I very much relate to that. Like, I think any kid and parent would probably relate where it's like, oh, you want, and like, you want to get a phone, you want to text your friends. The next step, like when we were younger was, oh, getting Instagram, getting Snapchat. Like I can still remember downloading Snapchat in seventh grade. And I was like, this is so dumb. And then I deleted it. And then like a week later, everyone had it. Yeah. So my question for you is like, how did you like, for, how did you even convince them? Because I picture like when I was younger, you're making like the PowerPoint slide of like, this is all like the reasons that you should let me <laughs> um, like get a YouTube or we should go on vacation, like go to Disney World, something like that of, you know, you sit your parents down, you're like, I've thought this through or like, this is the reason we should get a dog. So how did you, yeah. how did you go about that? Oh, that, this is a good story. Um, Beautiful. I, I knew something was there. <laughs> I yeah so it was really hard at the beginning like my parents they barely knew what YouTube was it was still like I mean it came around I think in like 2008 2009 so this is a little bit later but like didn't really use it had no idea why I wanted to be on this um I was watching like other people on YouTube that were like my age make videos so I was like oh I want to be a part of this and they didn't really understand that they were just like okay just because other kids are doing it doesn't mean it's like appropriate or okay and so it was a really big battle and then I was with my friend and we made a video together and I decided I was just going to upload it to YouTube I didn't care um they had they weren't going to be able to do anything about it I thought it was going to go viral it was the stupidest video editor oh I probably wouldn't have not done anything but I was like this is so funny it's going to go viral and so I posted it and then I sent out a mass chain email to everybody in my middle school of like this video I was like check out my video on YouTube and I guess 
you know, parents talk and stuff. And it got back to my family and they, I got grounded for so long. They made me tear it down. They were so angry at me. They were like, we've told you this is not okay. Like blah, blah, blah. It was, I would fight all the time. I still was still making videos, but they would just sit as files on our like home computer. And then, cause I didn't even have my own laptop at the time. It was just the home computer I was using. Yeah. Like the desktop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like windows live movie maker or something. Yeah. And, um, then my mom had like pretty massive surgery when I was like 12. And so she was a little out of it. And I was still making videos while my aunt was watching me at home and everything to just occupy myself. And I knew my mom was out of it. So I was like, perfect opportunity. She, they were so strict. I wasn't allowed to have like a Twitter, Instagram, like social media was just like a no, no, no Facebook. Um, and cause I didn't understand why like a 12 year old needed that. And yeah. so I walked into my mom's room and she's very out of it. And I was like, can I have a YouTube channel, please? And I like continued this fight. And I think she just really didn't even want to like hear it or deal with me. She's <laughs> just like recovering from massive surgery. And I'm like harassing her about my YouTube channel. Right. And <laughs> you're like perfect timing. <laughs> I know. I like, I was like, this is a great opportunity. <laughs> and, um, she said yes. And so to everything, I asked her for a Twitter. I, I asked her for everything, YouTube, everything, not the Facebook, <laughs> though, but I remember the Twitter and the YouTube and she's like, fine. So I made both of them and I was uploading. I made it, I remember, which is insane. At the time I made the goal of uploading one video a day and I was doing it every single day. I would come home from school. I would film, edit it. They were like cheesy, oh not even like difficult videos to make, but I was uploading a video every day. So by the time I was like recovered, I had like 30 videos on my channel and she just was like, she, I was getting no views, no comments. She's like, I think she thought it was just harmless. So she just let it stay. She was like, okay, whatever. You're not doing anything inappropriate. I was following like Justin Bieber on my Twitter and (laughs) my videos were having, they got like two views max. And so she just let it be. And then I just kind of ran with it. And then I still have a video on my channel from like 2013. And it's me on my laptop. Like I remember hitting 50 subscribers and it's a video of me thanking everybody for 50 subscribers. It's so cute. I go back and watch it sometimes just to like, like like, little Brooke (laughs) would not even like know what she was like getting herself into, but yeah, that's how I ended up having a YouTube channel. It was a real battle. The funniest though is when I, the first year I wanted to go to VidCon, which is like the YouTuber convention. I had made friends on YouTube at that point that were all my age and I was still keeping contact with a lot of them. Um, and I really, really wanted to go to VidCon. And I told my mom it was an online video convention. And when you say online video to a parent, they think porn. So (laughs) my mom was like, absolutely not. I was like, no, like my friends are going like, it was down in California. So it wasn't that far from us. I was like, please, please, please. This is what I want to do with my life. (laughs) Yeah. She was so scared. She was like, what did I just allow to like you to do? Like, what am I enabling right now? And so I was like that one, I almost had to make a PowerPoint for because she didn't understand (laughs) even what it was, but um yeah most of the stuff when I was really little with YouTube and just like being on the internet definitely was a battle with my parents but they eventually like once I realized I had friends and I was like really passionate about it kind of just let it go yeah I love that though you were like on the grind like (laughs) coming home from coming home from school I know I had better like more ethic at like 12 than I do now like (laughs) you're like oh god I wish I could (laughs) wish I could get that back oh my gosh that's so funny. No, I love that story. That's so cute. Oh my gosh. I see. That's why I love going down. Like, cause I feel like 
one of the fun things about podcasting is like I can have the time to actually learn about all this stuff because we never got the chance like really go down like memory lane like I feel like when you meet new friends like in college high school or post-grad anything you're just like moving from the future like on you don't like talk about the past a ton so that's so cute I can so I have to go watch that um video of you like I could so see you being like thank you for 50 (laughs) subscribers oh my gosh that's so adorable. Um, and then you said, you mentioned before in your intro that you were, then you like kind of made a strategic shift into how you approached your videos. Like, what is like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, at first, like when I like first got the channel, like the first 30 videos were uploaded on my channel, they were kind of just, um, what is it? Just like I would film my fish, and my hamsters, and like we didn't have a dog at that point, but like my brother, it would be like my brother jumping around. And I would like speed up the video. I was like, this is funny. And I would just upload that. There was like no value to it. Yeah. Um, but I liked it. I was like teaching myself how to edit and like cut things up and speed things up, like the very basic, like just editing. Yeah. Um, and then I started like watching more YouTube. So I was getting ideas of what people were doing and stuff. And a lot of the really big YouTubers at the time um, were a lot older. Like now, like the big people are like 17, 18. But like at that time, they were like in their mid 20s. Um, and so like if you think about like Jenna Marbles was a lot older, like when she blew up, that's the name that, like a lot of people remember, like just they were older. So I wasn't really gravitating towards that. I found like a kind of a group of like teenage people that were making videos. Um, And I was like, oh, this is cool. They're not that much older than me. And then through the comments and stuff, I was finding other people who were also like my age, who a lot of them became my friends um, because we would comment on each other's stuff and then like connect over other social media. But I was starting to like kind of digest more like content and seeing what like people were making. Um, so I was getting better ideas of like what a good YouTube video is. <laughs> and um, at the time they were like, people would make music videos to like other songs. I made a music video to like LMFAO's Party Rock Anthem. And oh, so oh my God. <laughs> I was teaching myself how to do like overlay edits and like put sound in and like sync it up. And like, I was getting better at doing it. And then um I just realized that sometimes people just like to watch people talk which I think is funny because that's kind of what I still do now um (laughs) so I would just start talking to a camera it was so bad it was so scripted when I was little because I thought that's like how was how to make yourself funny I didn't think people wanted to do just me so they were like these horribly scripted videos of me talking but I yeah I started like being more strategic with the content instead of just like uploading a bunch of garbage I was like actually like putting thought into them and like looking at what other people wanted to see to like which is then when I started gaining like a little bit of a following like how I had fit like 50 subscribers I actually was making stuff that was like kind of entertaining and not just like a home movie (laughs) yeah America's funniest like home yeah just like not anything of value (laughs) yeah okay okay that makes a lot of sense yeah it's interesting that I feel like I someone I was just talking to someone who had kind of like a similar trajectory and cause they're also a content creator. And she was saying, um, that like, that's kind of when she saw a major increase in her subscribers or her followers. She's mainly TikTok um, content creator, but was when like, she really stopped like more of the scripted or like random videos, but just like actually started sharing about her life and like what yeah. she like, you know, adding value. And then she, yeah. she, kind of it was the same like trajectory it sounds like of after hearing um 
like after just like learning how to do like the logistics of making a video and uploading and all that stuff, then actually having that strategic approach. Um, that's when kind of like you start connecting with people, making those friends on like in your comments, like you said, and then reaching out through other social media. Um, mm-hmm. Would you say that those, cause I know you also mentioned that it was like, <laughs> I love also that you just sent like a mass email chain for your yeah. first video, <laughs> but <laughs> oh God, yeah. that's like, that's so, that shows like such a reflection. It just reminds me of like those texts that you get and it's like, send this to 15 people, but yeah. that was such a staple <laughs> of our childhood, like AOL, the whole thing. Yes. Um, but on a more like in a more serious undertone, like I know you said that it was like kind of weird at that point when you were like younger and that's when you're navigating like your identity or at least one of your first iterations of your identity is like in middle school going into high school and you said like people kind of thought it was like weird like what are you doing on um youtube or like just didn't understand it because it was a newer platform so would you say like the friends that you were making through youtube and like that you met up with at vidcon were those like do do you still like would you accredit those relationships to being like some of your more like rocks or solidified um support groups in that time yeah definitely I like really had no friends in like middle school I kind of really struggled to make friends um and then I was never like popular or anything like that I was always I always kind of looked a little like awkward and I was <laughs> tiny and Stop. I was quiet and I just yeah I kind of struggled to make friends um, and so, which is why, why I think I loved making YouTube videos is like, it gave me something to do instead of just sitting in my room watching TV when I didn't have anybody, um, but my brother. And so I, um, yeah, those people, that's also why my mom kind of realized how important it was that she let me do this is because in like one of the bigger incidents she remembers is that in high school, there was a girl, she didn't even go to high school with me. She was at one of the other Seattle public high schools. She um, decided that she was just going to make fun of me publicly on Twitter. And so she was posting all of my YouTube videos and was like, look at this stupid girl. Like, look how bad these are. It was so dumb, but you know, people were eating it up. They thought it was hilarious. And so like, I was watching the likes grow and then the replies of just random people. This is what I talk about in Seattle. Like it's big, but it's not that big. Like I was seeing all these people that I just like had known that their names and like what high school they went to. And they just were like, this is hilarious. These are so bad, blah, blah, blah. Nobody was sticking up for me except for these friends that I made on the internet when I was little. Um, and so that's when my mom realized like how important those people were to me. Cause she was like, nobody in my real life was really sticking up for me. Cause they were afraid. They're like, well, I don't want to get made fun of. So I'm not going to like stick up for Brooke, but like they had nothing to lose. They didn't go to school with me. They didn't even live in Seattle. And so they were, they always kind of had my back. And um, like in the beginning years of high school and like the end of middle school, every single day after school, I would come back and we would all have group Skype calls with all of my friends I made on the internet. Mm-hmm. So even though I didn't feel like I had anybody to talk to at school, I knew I was like going to come home and like hop on Skype and talk to like all 12 of my internet friends. And we just talk about like stupid stuff and how our day was going, but it was nice to have that like connection with other people that were my age that like had a similar interest because we were all making YouTube videos, but like, I felt like they really understood me. And a lot of them are, were dealing with similar problems. They're like, yeah, like people are so mean to me about this at school. Like, I'm so glad that I have you guys. And so we still have a group chat. We had a group chat name that we kept for like all these years. We don't talk into it as much. Um, some of us so, uh, blew up like very big. Some of us, you know, moved on to other things in life, but we all kind of still send happy birthdays and 
we send pictures of like when we would hang out at VidCon together and yeah those people like still I consider them like if they asked me for anything I would always do it for them but like immediately yes immediately yeah. without a question like we'll be invited to my wedding if you can make it like <laughs> all that kind yes. of stuff yeah oh my gosh okay well that that really warms my heart and also makes me very sad at the same time because middle schoolers I mean like I everyone goes through it like they can be brutal so I can only imagine like you in middle school trying to do that like that's at the point in your life where you're trying like so hard to just blend in and like be you know like blend in with the wall like you're not trying to stand out because then usually you're susceptible to like bullying or people making fun of you and so I honestly give you a lot of credit for still like sticking with it and putting up your YouTube videos and finding your people um through like YouTube or social media because I think that is probably what made like having that support group, I would imagine is one of the reasons that you're still like doing it. And now it's yeah. your career, you know, yeah. it's like having yeah. at least they weren't, you know, your classmates in school with you, but they were still your friends. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I do not think I would even remotely still be doing this had I had like nobody kind of on my side. I mean, I had my parents and like my family and stuff, but to have people that were my age that weren't related to me, like having my back um, is definitely what kept me doing it and everything. So, yeah, I mean, the friendship relationship is just it's a different kind of special than family because like they're truly not obligated to you, you know, yeah. like they're not living in the same house as you and um so I, yeah, I can, I can see how, I mean, that would be monumental. I still have my best friends from middle school as well, but I was, I was bullied for a little <laughs> bit when I was younger. Yeah. So I very much relate to like it and at, at 13, I mean, that's all, you know, like you have no perspective, um, for like the importance of being different or like having your aspirations. So I can imagine finding that young, it definitely adds another nuance to it of like, that's so much, um, harder to go through when you're younger and like don't know other people that you can reach out to yeah yeah definitely one of the things too is like like you were explaining how you were you made these relationships like mostly through online mediums like you had your Skype after and that it sent me right back to like the pandemic and we're still (laughs) in it obviously but like now it's so normal to like only meet people virtually and you know I don't think the masses before the pandemic would say that they had met like multiple people only online through video and you kind of had like uh I guess like a um first level pass at that or like first experience with that through like YouTube and your friends yeah I feel like yeah that's why I was so comfortable almost during the pandemic I wouldn't say that I missed lockdown at all because (laughs) yeah we were 21 I couldn't go to like a club for my birthday which was really sad but um I think I did have like almost an element that I was like of it that I was really comfortable with because I was familiar with like my computer being my lifeline which is kind of as sad as that is but like I had I knew how to talk to like a camera I know how to talk to people on the internet like I could make good connections over just having like my phone or my computer. So it didn't feel too odd to me. Um, If anything, I honestly loved a Zoom class because I was a lot more comfortable talking to a camera. So it was a lot easier for me to like participate. And like, cause I almost just made my brain convince myself that like I was talking to a YouTube camera, like it's no different. So Yeah. um, yeah, I was like super comfortable during the pandemic with a lot of things that I feel like most people were not comfortable with at all. Yeah. 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 I can see that being like the connections there. They seem very similar. I know, like, I mean, for me, it was, it was still weird, but now I feel so comfortable with it, like being remote first. Um, 
so yeah, one of those, one of those funny connections that as you were talking, I was like, okay, I, I feel like that has to have some connection. So I'm glad that you, you kind of felt that, um, one, so one thing that I was also curious about is it sounds like your friends in, um, like the YouTube space or social media space really helped you out. And then your family as well, but there, were there any other, like, I guess, helpful, um, like pieces of advice or like platforms or like, I guess, role models or anything that you kind of like absorbed when you were younger and first starting out that was like super helpful to you? Um, I don't know. I think like, I think like my internet friends were like the best thing for me, but I think I definitely had role models. There's like one, I was obsessed with her. She's the reason like I like started my YouTube channel. I met her at VidCon when I was younger and I nearly cried. I loved her. Her name was Jen X Penn. She goes like goes by her real name, Jen McAllister now, but um, like literally obsessed with her. She wrote a book. I did not even read when I was in like middle school and I hated <laughs> reading in high school too, but I bought it. I ran to Barnes and Nobles and I bought that book mm-hmm. and I read it like in one day. Um, but she... I watched her so closely. She sometimes would touch on a lot of the issues of bullying that she went through and her book even like solidified it about how awful people were to her in high school about this whole thing she was doing. So just kind of like seeing that this person that like she was doing YouTube as a job. I loved her. She was so friendly. Um, Just somebody I really looked up to had gone through like something very similar that I was going through kind of gave me hope. Cause I was like, okay, if she can do it and she's dealing with a lot of the same problems that I am, then like I can do it. And so, um, she definitely was like the biggest thing. And she had a whole group of internet friends too. So I just like, felt like I was like, I wanted to be my own person, but I wanted to like replicate what she had. I was like, I want to be her. Like she was awesome. And I still watch her stuff sometimes, but she's a lot older. She's like probably in like her late twenties now. And, um, but yeah, I think just like seeing other people have success with it, um, was definitely like a big motivation for me and like, um, have, especially when they would talk about their own struggles with like being made fun of and just to kind of let it slide. Cause it doesn't really matter. Okay. As you're talking, Brooke, we are so similar. Cause I literally have the same, like a same person in mind as yeah. to why I started my podcast. Um, and like, just like, I got to meet her virtually cause it was during the pandemic, but Victoria Garrick, she's like a huge role model, um, just in like the athlete mental health space. And mm-hmm. so I was like, and I feel like I witnessed like her, like glow up kind of like, and like really get, um, like famous overnight. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, like this, when you said like, you want to be your own person, but also you're like, I want to like, you know, kind of be like you too. It's like, that. Yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh, that just like, that went right to my heart. Cause I really am like the same way with yeah. her. Um, but no, I do think like the connection is like what makes it so valuable of you, like see a part of yourself and someone else. Yeah. And it sounds like that's, um, kind of like that's what was helpful for you were like that light in the distance where it's like oh they're going through this as well like no matter what I can also get through this low point in my life or I can also succeed at like this thing that I love doing that kind of doesn't have like content creation doesn't really have like a rule book the mm-hmm. same way that you know like someone in the business world does or someone going to med school or you know those typical realms of um you know of the professional world so I can I yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah um, Plus, I feel like, like with YouTube, there's like an element of like, 
it's just like really personal. Like I don't feel like I, when I was little, I liked like Hannah Montana and I liked watching Disney Channel and stuff, but I never felt like a level of connection with like Miley Cyrus as I did with some of these YouTubers I was watching. Like they were talking to their camera, but I felt like they were talking to me. And as somebody who was a little kid who didn't have a lot of friends, like in my head, like she was my friend. And so I would right. look forward to like her uploads and stuff um, because like, I just, I cared about what she had to say. And I felt this like personal connection to her, even if she didn't know who I was, but um, that was like also what kept me wanting to do it is because I wanted to be that person for somebody else. Cause I know a lot of my audience is like younger kids. So like just the thought that I potentially am that like, happiness in somebody's day that possibly is struggling is like make because my content is like it's all comedy and stuff it's just there to entertain people make people laugh and like that's kind of what hers was too and so like if I can make somebody laugh it's not having a good day like she was able to for me that was definitely like what kept me going and everything with it and like when I see comments like that they're like I had a really bad day but like your video made me laugh so thank you it I literally cry it is the sweetest thing I will never get tired of getting comments like that or little kids like DM me on Instagram and they're like I love you so much and like the little fan edits they make it's just like it warms my heart so much because it's like I became that person that I wanted to be so badly it's kind of like paying it forward in like a different sense of like you know they helped you so you like hope you could help um kids who are younger than you in the same way that's really sweet that warms my heart again oh my (laughs) gosh what would you say like you've learned about yourself like through it could be like just in life in general, but, um, or through like content creation and, um, YouTubing. Um, definitely that I like to keep my like personal life personal. Um, like I do obviously put a lot of stuff on the internet more than the regular person. Um, but there are some pieces of my life that like, there's some content creators that air everything out. Like they don't care. Like they share everything and like, that's cool, but that's not me. And I think that's what I definitely learned over time is finding what I'm comfortable with sharing and what I'm not comfortable with sharing. Like I'm okay sharing like the stalker situation with me. Cause I think it'll help people who may be going through unfortunate similar situation, but I'm not super comfortable, like sharing my relationship with my boyfriend on the internet. Like I don't want to publicize that. So over time, I just kind of figured out like what works for me and what doesn't and like what I'm comfortable with. Um, and then I also learned over time, like how much hard I can work myself. Like there, I, it definitely was trial and error with like how I needed to like manage my schedule and stuff. Cause it's like being self-employed, like you don't have a boss, you don't have deadlines. So sometimes I get lazy and then like, I need to kind of like And then I feel guilty for it. And then I kind of like overcompensate and then I burn myself out. So definitely over time, and it took a lot of trial and error, I learned like my own limits with like working myself. Um, Cause like I'm the best boss, but I'm also the worst boss for myself. So (laughs) I, yeah, just kind of like learning what I'm comfortable with and like learning um, in like different aspects of my life was definitely like what I think I kind of got through like doing YouTube and just like being self-employed in general. Yeah. I think that's really insightful. Like, I think it takes a lot to know yourself in that way of being able to say like, like the work example of like, you would maybe slow down for a little bit, feel guilty about it, then like ramp back up and like swing to the complete opposite side. And then it would just be like a, a bad cycle of, you know, like going through a very, um, like high low peak roller coaster yeah. kind of. So I think 
I think a lot of people could relate to that. Like, I know I definitely can of, I can't even imagine if I didn't have like a boss or, um, someone kind of checking in where it's like, oh, maybe they see the timestamp that I'm working on someone or something. And then I'm like, oh, that, like, I shouldn't be sending emails at like 9 PM, you know, like that's an inconvenience to someone else's life. Um, so I can only imagine if it's, you know, if you're your own boss trying to find that healthy balance, um, is definitely, I think a little bit more of a struggle. I found like in remote work too, like when you're not leaving the office and going there every day, I think that's a very relevant topic just right now in the world that we're living in of trying to find that balance of being like, okay, close the laptop and go do things that are restorative for you. Mm -hmm. Um, so that you can like show up the next day and provide value and be your best self. Cause it, it definitely, it can get in a cycle if you let it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I feel like people discredit being like a content creator. Like they're like, it's not a real job and everything. And they're like, why are you burnt out? You only upload like once a week. And I'm like, but there's so much else going behind the scenes too. Like sometimes I really, especially when you're on a roll and you see your numbers are doing well, it's almost, you kind of like get addicted to that feeling and you are like, okay, I have to do more, 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 more. And like, you don't realize you're actually harming yourself by doing that. So like, that's definitely what I learned over time is like, I would hit a roll and I stopped seeing friends. I stopped leaving my room. Like I started staying up till 7am and sleeping until like three. And like, I felt horrible, but like, my money was good and the numbers were good. So I almost validated that that was like, okay. And it like, wasn't. So I had to learn that over time, like that's not healthy. Like you're going to burn out really quickly if you do that. And so just learning like limitations with like, you need to stop researching keywords and video ideas and editing and doing thumbnails. And like, what else can you be doing? Like shut the laptop and go see another human being. Right. Yeah, no, that's like, that's a great point that you also make of like that metric of success, like seeing the views or, um, the likes or the money that's coming in being like, Oh my God, it's so addicting. Cause you're like, Oh, yeah. I'm succeeding right now. And so you can very quickly like close off, I guess the external world and just like be so internal and like going for the grind. I mean, like the time can just melt away, um, when you're like really in the thick of it. So I definitely relate. Also the point that you made about how much goes on behind the scenes, that is so valid. Like even for my job, I had to like, I mean, I have this podcast obviously and editing this alone and just creating social content around it. I mean, it's like, it's insane. But then even for my job, like I create our social content and all the like launches that are around it. I mean, it's, it's absurd how much time you can put into stuff. And thankfully I like it. And, um, you know, you've said that you like editing as well. But like for people who are like, oh, content creation, it's like one video. It's like, no, so much goes on behind the scenes that you wouldn't know unless you've done it before. Yeah, especially I feel like if you struggle with issues with like perfectionism and just like hyper fixating on things, like I definitely struggle with that. And like I whenever I like there's no stopping point with the like editing. It's like writing a paper like you can always do stuff to it. So I have to like sometimes hit a point where I'm like, you need it's good it's good enough just (laughs) upload it like stop adding more to this um I just like or just like taking pictures you could always like with creative work be like doing more so it's like finding like there's a stopping point you have to like definitely hold yourself there because I could edit a whole video for a whole month and it probably (laughs) in my head is not perfect so right um, no thank you for bringing that up because I yeah yeah. (laughs) I feel like this is one of my growth points with this podcast and again it's still like I'm still getting so used to it. But in the beginning, it was like, oh, editing. I was like, okay, every single second has to be perfect. Or it's like, oh, if I say, um, or weird, like 
or say something weird or say like, you know, or one of those filler words, I'd be like, oh my God, like I can't even like try and like splice it out. I'm like, that's not what this is supposed to be. So like my first couple episodes, especially for, I host my work podcast as well. That podcast, I was like, it has to be so well um, edited because like it's work and I'm talking to amazing people and I want to like, of course, represent our brand well. So I was spending so much time editing the um, audio for it. And I just learned, I was like, that's not the point. I was like, you just have to let it go at some point and say like, it's good enough for me. Like I'm happy there's value in this. So people are going to recognize like it's human, yeah. you know, yeah. um, especially when, you know, it's only one of the pieces of the puzzle that you're doing. So yeah, that's a great point. And I, I've definitely thought about that before, but I don't think I've ever really expressed or talked about that with anyone else. Yeah. Well, you can talk about it with me because <laughs> so, I'll understand. <laughs> That's exactly why I knew. I was like, oh my gosh, Brigitte's just going to confirm everything that I'm learning right now <laughs> about this world, which I love. Um, and I wanted to ask you like one last question because I know we're coming up on time, but what would you say, like, what's your, one of your favorite like benefits or like, what are you um, very like grateful for in this space? Like, is it, you know, having just like started and finding like a passion really young or the people you've met um or just like having that creative outlet what would it be if you had to kind of name you can do more than one honestly yeah I feel like my favorite thing is like there's really no like limits to it like you can Mm. like as a content creator like if I have an idea that I kind of want to explore like I don't really have to run it past anybody else like if I feel passionate about it I can just do it um so like during the pandemic I was like you know what like I have a good chunk of like following like I really want to make merchandise like I want to see how this goes I made a really small batch and I made it myself Jen it sold out and just like seeing that I had this project idea and like make it come to life and then to seeing it do well without having to run it past anybody um kind of like was my favorite thing is that like if I I'm contemplating like also starting a podcast with one of my friends like there like there's just no limitations with it like I can really do any video topic idea that um I think I would do well and so just like having that kind of freedom is probably like my favorite thing about this um and that like it's I always feel like I'm getting like creatively like fulfilled through this job um instead of like working under somebody else if I have like a really great idea that I'm passionate about being told no I can't do it (laughs) so um that's definitely I'm very fortunate to be in that position but yeah it's just very like freeing being able to like take all these crazy ideas that come my head and see what I can do with them um and seeing then also like people's response to it is really cool that it's, it's not just going out into like an empty black hole like um people still asking me like oh well are you gonna make more merch like makes me so happy because this was just a wild idea that I had that I decided to do and like people actually liked it and so I think that's like my favorite thing is like just a lot of freedom well are you gonna are you gonna make more merch or (laughs) I think so I'm like thinking about it um I had just like I was just doing it as like all by myself like the shipping the making it like the website I developed myself and like I it was a lot. And I feel like I learned that this is not something that I can do on my own. Like, this is why people have clothing lines, like as their sole job, like I cannot yeah. do this by myself. So I definitely want to, but I definitely need to find somebody to help me that understands like the clothing space better. Cause I didn't even know how to like internationally ship things really without like paying like 
forty dollars <laughs> for shipping, which make I can't do that. So yeah, um, I gotta like figure out what uh, tips and tricks people that actually work in like the clothing space know that I just don't have any clue about because yeah. doing this by myself is not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> You live and you learn, right? Like yeah. that, that creative um, outlet or that creativity, that freedom. That's, yeah. I mean, that's awesome. That's a great, um, I think a great takeaway. And this has been so much fun, Brooke. Like I'm so, so happy. Like I've been smiling this whole entire episode, just getting to talk with you and chat. Um, Thank yeah. you. Excited to talk to you too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been great. Um, but thank you. And until next time, um, I hope you have all enjoyed this episode, but come back next week for our next guest. Thank you all for listening and dedicating some of your time to listening to these conversations and being an external part of that conversation. I hope you take away with each episode, maybe some new perspectives and some ways to reflect about how what we talk about pertains to your life and your own interests and goals.